0: Your partner in real estate. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Man, no frills tonight. Alec Campbell is doing his dishes, and that's fine because we all have lives, and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, unfortunately came on the short end of a 3 overtime loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, First, I can tell you that we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. So if you need siding or roofing or entry doors or storm doors, you can find it online, aluminumcompany.com, free no obligation estimate right there. Sammy Hannity and his crew do a great job. Uh, all right, so uh, can we agree, Alec Campbell? By the way, it's very discombobulating. I'm looking upside down at the dishes. I hope nothing falls out.
1: Oh no, everything's very secure. Trust me, nothing's okay. going to happen. Right. I promise.
0: It's just I'm looking up at the dishes, and I just assume it's going to come crashing down of me. Uh, can we give that point to Peter Mrazek?
1: Yeah, for sure. He was the best player on the ice. I gave him, or at least for the Hurricanes, he was my first start tonight. Um, if not for him, it was probably out of hand in the first couple of periods and the Hurricanes never have a chance to get back in the game, but Peter kept them in it and they kind of did what they, you know, when you get in those types of games where you go down to nothing, you always have to remember you can't get it all back at one time. So for me, it's always about, can you get one in the second and then one early in the third and not let the game get out of hand? And that's basically what they did. Um, and then they finally kind of found some of their game in the third period, but yeah, without Peter, they don't even they don't even have a chance to get a point. And so he got them a point tonight, essentially.
0: I, f- I found it interesting that after the game, uh, they still. Why do we do this? You know, I'm going to credit you for pointing out this stupidity of it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I wrote about it today with you in mind. This was not a playoff game. There were no playoff vibes. There were no playoff implications. The Hurricanes do not trail one nothing. Were this a playoff game, Carolina would not have gotten a point. We got a point tonight. Um, right. And they still insisted on asking Rod Gindlemore after the game uh, about a playoff-like atmosphere. And he goes, well, we didn't treat it like a playoff game, obviously, because we were not really there in the first two periods. Which thank you, thank you, thank you, head coach. Um, Yeah, it wasn't they. Carolina was just poor in the first two periods. I think they were sort of acceptable in the first, not good, but it wasn't atrocious. I thought they were terrible in the second period. It was much worse than the first period. But it's a good thing they they snuck one out on the power play when Svechnikov Mm. made it two one, and then in the first. 13 14 maybe 15 minutes of the third that looked like a team that was oh that's right we're playing a big hockey game um so they yeah. finally got to the game in the third period and they got tied but it was really a game played you know between the 20s in the third period it was just a good up and down energy filled game which included a lot of hits it was a physical game we could talk about the Alex Comer hit on Martin Nathan. Uh, in a bit, but uh, it certainly wasn't a playoff game, and Carolina didn't really approach it like a playoff game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, my the truth is about that is that like I mean, you know, everyone's searching for a storyline, and, and I understand that kind of thing, but really for me, it just it became more fatigue with that goal. It's like we were we we were trying to make that happen. We're trying to make this storyline happen. And after a while, it just became like, guys, we've tried this question. Like, we've done this already over and over and over again. Like, the first time, I kind of understood it because it was like, you've got the teams that you're playing multiple times in a row. They're all teams with whom you are battling directly for playoff positioning. They are high leverage games, I guess the way people say it, but they aren't playoff games. I mean, I talked about this a little bit on the on the post-game show, too, just because the question keeps getting asked, like, every game. And I'm just like, why why are we still – it's like we're still searching for the story. We're not getting the story, but we keep going after it anyways. And not to mention the fact that it feels also like we've forgotten what a playoff game feels like. Because, honestly, it's been two seasons since we had a playoff game in Raleigh. I mean, they were in the bubble last year. So we're so enamored with it. And we're so thirsty for playoff hockey right now because we're 13 games away. And the Canes are going to make the playoffs, barring some utter unmitigated disaster that we can't even fathom right now.
0: Zero we're ready point to get there. In yeah.
1: games, right. <laughs> in the rest of the season. No points. You know? Uh and that we, we just can't wait to get there because we feel like we have a really good team. We feel like we have a team that can, you know, potentially win a cup, no matter how much of a, a long shot you may think that is. I mean, they have a chance. So it's like we just can't get away from it and you know, it's, it's the same principle as when we go overboard about things that don't deserve it. Because in the end, at least the way that I look at it is, you end up doing a disservice to the stuff that is worthy of the actual praise. You know, whether that's winning or whether that's something, you know, we, we use the term great a lot for a lot of stuff. And it's like, then when something actually great happens, you know it's it's we're desensitized to it because we just called the thing that really wasn't that great. Great. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I feel about the, about the, the playoff thing is it's like, right what's next? The games are, the games are intense. They're important games. They're series that we're playing. They're against good teams, but like we're way too thirsty for this. And I guarantee you, That once we get to the playoffs and you feel what actual playoff game feels like, whether you go to the game or not, that you're going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, like that was not a playoff game. We were trying to make it a playoff game. It wasn't a playoff game.
0: Yeah, April 19th, not a playoff game. May 19th. Yes, that's a playoff game. Um, Yeah, we're just so so in a hurry. And, And maybe we don't know how to. Uh, how to ask that question. Uh, but it, it's clear that, I mean, I think these are the two best teams in the Central Division. Uh, Florida's additions notwithstanding. I think Carolina is better than Florida. I'm not saying they can't lose to Florida, they absolutely can. I think the Panthers are excellent. But um, to me, these are the two teams. And um, I think, you know, this is the seventh game. We got one more with Tampa. Uh, you win that one, and essentially the season series is even. If you win that in regulation, the season series is even. Each team will be four-three and one against the other. If Carolina wins it in regulation, uh, and I mean I think they can. Uh, the last time we saw Curtis McIlley, and I'll just assume we're going to see Curtis McIlley tomorrow. Although I wouldn't put it past John Cooper to go with Andre Vasilevsky again. Um, if you're Tampa, you kind of—it's—it's it's almost a must-win for you. Carolina's beaten Florida pretty well, and if you lose the game, now Carolina's suddenly back up, what, three points. Now, not not two, right? Is that true?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Carolina would yeah, be cause, two. Uh, right, because yeah. Carolina's one point ahead of Tampa. So if you lose the game in regulation tomorrow, it's now a three-point cushion, and the Hurricanes have a game in hand. And all they've got left is Florida, Dallas, and then the bottom of the league, the bottom of the division left. So, I mean, this was a situation where Tampa really had to get four points. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they play Andre Vasilevsky tomorrow. But I also think that Tampa has proven that they can get pucks past him. They got four past him in Raleigh the last time they played. Uh, So, I'm actually, I would actually go under the impression that you're going to get Vasilevsky. Uh, tomorrow uh, in a back-to-back. I mean, they cannot play Vasilevsky the next game. He's played back-to-backs before. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if oh. they played him. So That guy plays uh, all the
1: time. That he, guy, does. he does. He, I mean, they don't have a tandem. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kurt, Curtis McElhaney was good in tandem here. But like down there, he ain't in a tandem.
0: No, he, No, he's not. They're not they don't automatically play the backup uh, no. in a back to back situation. Uh, I'd like to point this out. Second straight time against Tampa. Carolina has fallen behind two nothing uh, and is one oh and one in those games. That's pretty good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean look a, look, I, I mean call, get, call behind two nothing.
1: no point tonight. Better than getting no points. So I do credit Carolina for, like I say, chipping away. And sometimes it's the special teams that have to get you back in a game. And they didn't necessarily win the special teams battle tonight, but they capitalized on one when they needed to capitalize on one. And so I thought that was that was key for them. Uh, but again, you know, it's one of those situations where you ain't going to get it all back at once. You just got to find a way to not give it, let it get out of hand so you can stay in the game and give yourself a chance at overtime. And then, the third period, they looked pretty good for the most part. So, yeah. there was a chance to win it. Peter had to come up with a couple of big saves in the third, too. The David Savard, Yanni Gord sort of combo try in the third mm-hmm. was, a, was, a, was a big chance for them. But, man, they were getting chances all night long, like unencumbered. Just yep. break away in front of the net. Type stuff. There was a couple of times when guys were just stick handling at the top of the crease, and Patrick Peter Maroon. was having to wait them out.
0: Yeah, yep. No question so about that. They we had to they stop, gotta stop tighten that up. the first period in the breakaway. Uh, then the uh, the Kalorn goal. Speaking of Kalorn, let's let's get to the physicality of tonight's game. I don't know how many elbows uh, Eric Chernak threw tonight, but it was uh, more than a couple. Um, he mm-hmm. had the the Kalorn hit. We'll talk about the Kalorn hit specifically in a second. But to Chernak uh, and maybe some other physical play that we saw, this is what teams will do to Carolina. I don't think it will work as much bu- as well as it might have, you know, uh, in past situations. But this is what teams are going to do when we get into the playoffs. This is what Tampa is going to do. Uh, they're going to try and play a physical style with Carolina and see if they can get Carolina off their game. Um, I thought in the third period, Carolina was right there, and I think Carolina, for the most part, handled the physicality fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy they came through that all right. Um, I do think that the Hurricanes lost basically oh, 75% of the 50-50 battles tonight. Pucked uh, in the neutral zone, uh, at the blue line, on the walls. Uh, apart from that fifteen-minute stretch of the third period, I think Carolina just wasn't. They just did not win any of those battles, and I think that's really what gave Tampa the chance to really pound Carolina.
1: Yeah, I think part of that too was just the fact that they were like out of position a lot of times. Like they weren't, they weren't in good spots to win the battles. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all all of that. And, you know, I, I had people texting me, I I liked the physical nature of the game, but I had a couple of people texting me, you know, talking about fighting and, you know, how, uh, um, there, it was inevitable that it was going to happen and this and that. And I said to somebody, well, it ain't going to happen now in the third with the game tied up, um, you know, Gardner ended up going just because you know guy leveled his teammate, but without that they wouldn't have done it, right? Um, but you know I thought that Did it was.
0: Fighting... Did Jake Gardner fight? Was he running away? Did I'm Jake Gardner this just gloves off and then kind of be... he, duck? He he he, <laughs> he
1: looked like he
0: was not really that interested. That's fine. I'm glad Jake Jake Gardner took his gloves off, and that's all we needed to know. He did not win the fight with Alex Kalorn. No. I don't think Kalorn really got him that good uh, with any of the punches. Uh, but no. that was an Alex Kalorn moment. Uh, the check against Natus, I thought was, I'll just say questionable. I don't really think he left his feet. Um, I think hey, he there was. There- was
1: There was a little bit of launching action, but I don't know that he ever left his feet. But
0: he,
1: I think he definitely, he definitely launched himself to some degree. Uh, I think
0: it's a penalty, but I'm also not completely bent out of shape that uh, they didn't call it. But um, if you're going to call the instigator, which I think you have to. Then I almost think you I mean, because ultimately what you did was you penalized Carolina for a hit that probably was a penalty on Tampa. And you penalized Carolina. There has to be more common sense with how that's adjudicated. So even if I didn't
1: understand that. I I didn't I didn't get like
0: yeah. So to me that's maximum, and it should have been a four on three for however much time was left, 38 seconds.
1: But, you know, much like most NHL fighting, it's for show more than anything. Because what right. I've learned is that people don't really want to see what happens when people actually fight. Just go back to what happened in the playoffs a few years ago. We don't even have to use yes. names. Yeah. But then Brady Shea's like, yeah, it really fired up the bench after the game. And I'm like, yeah, well, it didn't fire you up that much because you lost.
0: I think it fired Tampa up more. Yeah, their their bench was raucous.
1: Yeah, so
0: that's what man, I thought. Listen,
1: I, I didn't want to get into it because
0: it's, no, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's just also
1: it's it's also uh, theatrical. That's that's what I that's think.
0: What get, like that's what you get in faux playoff hockey.
1: Yeah
0: it's if if that was a uh, playoff game we would have had a real fight not jake gardner uh taking his gloves off and then falling down on the ice
1: i will say that you know if you know if someone's gonna get in a fight i'm good with jake gardner doing it
0: look uh, By
1: the way, did he earn a second start for you tomorrow
0: uh he was fine he wasn't bad i thought jake had some good moments tonight um but yes i if if i'm brindamore I'm using Gardner until uh, until he proves otherwise. I'd give him two, three, four games in a row, uh, and then if Jake doesn't show me that he's good to go, I'll go back and I'll give Jake Queen a few games, uh, and I'll make my decision as to who's going to be the extra, the uh, the sixth defenseman uh, based on that. Uh, but uh, and I I think I said this a while ago. Uh, they needed they needed a, a right shot defenseman uh, that. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I wasn't really all that familiar with Paw, um, who was okay tonight. He wasn't; he was sort of not noticeable uh, tonight for me, uh, which maybe is good. But I don't, you know, in this kind of a game, you would have liked to have him throwing his body around a little bit, and I didn't really notice that tonight. Although I did have some internet issues at the house, so uh, it was a struggle to get the game uh, on uh, on television. Um anyway, um uh but I th- I thought they needed a right shot defenseman. And then I thought, you know what? Because 15 really hasn't been anything other than just okay uh for about three, four weeks now. Uh, I thought I'd just as soon let get Jake Gardner play uh, you know, the power play and take, you know, those 13 minutes a game, uh, as long as that fifth defenseman can play in the neighborhood of 16 to 18 minutes. We haven't seen that from Hawkenpaw. This is only the third game. Uh, tonight, he played less than 13 minutes. I don't believe has played even as many as 15 in any of his three games. Uh, so who knows if we're going to get to that point. Uh, and in the regular season, it's not, uh, it's not that important. But were this a playoff game? And we know that it was not. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're... <laughs> so, and we're into overtime, and maybe you're into a a second overtime. Then you gotta have they, they have to be able to trust uh, Hawkenpod to play more than he's playing now. Um, you, uh, otherwise, you're uh, you're gonna go with uh, Slavin and Hamilton and Pesci and Shea. You know, for thirty four minutes each, uh, and that's probably not a good long term plan um you know for a long playoff stay so i i don't uh, you know at some point Hawk is going to have to play more minutes uh but again i'm okay with uh, i'm okay with dean playing especially when he stands up for his teammates like that alex i love that i love him doing oh, that yeah. me big uh, big well, character guy jake gordon
1: yeah i mean only because it doesn't get someone more important knocked out that's the way that i'm looking at it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I hope Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner, if you're listening to the podcast, I apologize. Also,
1: uh, also, he's he's fragile. He's, uh, you know, he's. Uh, yeah, I hope he didn't get
0: hurt. He's got he's, he's got
1: bad backs and stuff like that. I mean, he can't. He
0: can't okay. really be getting
1: in there and fighting.
0: I hope he didn't get hurt. Here's what I want to do. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to say. We're going to take a short break for a commercial message and then not take the break for a commercial message. So Rusty can put the commercial message in right here and then we can come back and wrap up the podcast. Is that good? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we're back. Uh let's uh, let's wrap up uh here with a uh with a couple of uh, couple of quick things. Um we talked about how they weren't mentally shut. To me that's where it, it was as much a mental, a lack of mental sharpness as anything else. Uh, in the first period, Jordan's ball has a uh, puck to the side of the goal. I mean, he's not right at the goal. Uh, he's probably 20, 25 feet uh, to the uh, looking out for Vasilevsky to the right. And it's a perfect opportunity because Vasilevsky was not expecting a shot. There was a ton of room short side had Jordan just let it go. Uh, But he had it in his mind. He was passing it back to the center of the ice. Uh, There was nobody there. Um, So that was an opportunity they let go. They had the two-on-one with Svechnikov and Aho, where Svech tries to make what I think was sort of an impossible pass, and it obviously didn't get through when he could have shot it. That would have been a much better play. Um, And then at the end of the second period, Warren Vogel, had an opportunity where he needed to shoot the puck, and there were only thirty seconds left. I think we talked about this in the intermission, um, and he actually uh, put the puck back in play in the in the center of the offensive zone, and it went the other way for a transition chance. When man, you were just trying to get out of the period, and I just thought that for, through two periods, Carolina just was not mentally sharp as much as anything else. Uh, and it, uh, I'm glad it didn't cost him. It would have been it would have been really ugly. Because uh, that game, I, I think, as you said earlier, it could have gotten way out of hand.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, 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 it was mental lapses in their own end as much as it was in their offensive end. But they just really didn't generate much offense in the first no. couple of periods. I mean, they had eight shots on goal in each of the first two periods. They allowed 16 shots on goal. Uh, they got doubled up in the second period. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I mean, a lot of those chances that Tampa was getting, I mean, they were camping out in front of the net. So it just really wasn't a sharp game from the beginning of the game through the first two periods. Um, and I mean, hopefully they'll clean it up. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. But I mean, their their back end, own end play has been a point of concern for the majority of the season yep um and i mean you you saw it tonight i mean look look what happened in overtime i mean failure to clear the puck and yeah that that was miscommunication
0: pesci looked like he thought aho was going to continue back uh around behind marazic and he really just tried to dump the puck there and And they had a couple of those
1: i mean the yeah Yeah. the first goal the first goal that got scored on him i mean jordan Martinuk skated off the ice like, he was going for a change. There was some kind of miscommunication with him and Trocek and somebody else, whoever else was right there. Slavin was Hamilton caught up was the
0: ice. Way. Yeah, Ham- Trocek was j- – j- real real quick, it was it was a rough first period and a half for Trocek, I thought, because he was sort of caught watching Hamilton on the first goal, on the Kalorn goal, and they – you know – if you're there do something and he was just and i think you saw they took a shot of him at the bench and he was just he was mad at himself for not being a little bit more alert uh, and then he was in the box on the braden point deflection goal so it's kind of a uh, kind of a rough start to the game for trocheck who i thought was okay he was fine there, there wasn't were a lot of people who were great tonight uh did think andre was good um, oh, Braden
1: score
0: other, again. Did he really? I yeah. hate that. Nice. Um, I thought <laughs> it was a nice deflection. I thought uh, I thought Andre Aho and Foss were pretty good. Uh, I do think that this was the best from uh, from a Tampa perspective. This was the best game we saw from Braden Point. I think in the first seven games of this series. I thought he was. He's he's got some points in the series, but it was to me it was the best we've seen from Point. Uh, Also, how about this? In Game Seven of the season series, tonight was the first point for Tyler Johnson.
1: Hmm. I actually thought that, at least through the first couple of periods, I thought that Tampa. I don't know. It's been. I don't know how long has it been since we last played Tampa. I mean they played the one-off game and then before that was the four game streak the four game streak but I kind of felt like this was the most dangerous Tampa was against Carolina this this year uh-huh. maybe I'm forgetting but I I don't remember no. feeling as like oh this is the Tampa we know this was
0: their game against Carolina I agree
1: yeah so right, bad night Bad night to have a bad night, but they weren't the worst I've ever seen. Cool. Um, so well, they, had, they, they got good they, they, goals, yeah, yeah, they got and good
0: goaltending, yeah, we, they, and they and didn't really don't allow much.
1: Hope Peter's all right. because at one point he was, you know, grimacing at that blocker thumb, he stayed in the game. Guess that's a good sign. That's um, what Rod said, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. But, you know, their goaltending, has their goaltending been the best collective part of their game?
0: This year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought you were going to go um, to a different place with that question. I'll say this. I think their goaltending has been probably um better than it should have been so far this year their goaltending has far so exceeded expectations
1: so they're playing out of their minds is what you're saying
0: yeah i think you can make it's the it's not
1: sustainable
0: not even an argument i don't know if it's sustainable or not uh craig uh jordan bennington to me wasn't sustainable except that it was 2 years ago right Jordan Bennington, you watch him today. He's not that. He's not that Jordan Bennington, uh, but he was two years ago. There's no reason why this goaltending can't, you know, isn't sustainable for this year because you've got, and I, I'm very sure it'll be Nedeljkovic tomorrow. Um, yeah. But there's no reason why this can't continue, uh, especially since I think you've got two guys who are pushing each other. Right. Mm. So I I think Ned wants to play and I think Peter wants to play. And the only way to make your case is to ball out. And I think for the most part, both guys are balling out. So uh, I think that's a good situation. Um, And if Carolina ultimately has to settle on one and I'll say it's probably 75 percent going to be Peter. um, And then I give Ned a one in four chance of, of Making the case that it should be him, but I think there's a chance. Uh, I think those are good. That's that's a really good situation, uh, but I do think their goaltending has uh, been a little bit above their head. Um, yeah, but I mean, so
1: for all the all the years that we've dealt with poor goaltending, or at least the collective yeah. perception of poor goaltending, and the hand wringing for better goaltenders, and this and that. Peter Morozik, who essentially, you know, was a, like a league average type goaltender. He's he's on a different level, I think. And, like, you know, Tripp has talked about the mental coach that he's seen, uh, the vision coach that right. he's seen. Yeah. Like, I, I think those things have helped him. And, But just, just from just the, the goaltender position, all three of them, whatever, whoever it is, Like, their goaltending has been
0: awesome. Yeah. It's been great. I mean, they have to be. I mean, I I have to go look at it. Um, They have to be in the top three in the league in goaltending. I just feel like we we
1: haven't given it enough credit just because we're so used to – I mean, we've got a guy in Peter Morozik who's a league – you know, and his history is more around league average – We've yeah. got Ned, who we don't really know about yet. And we've got Reimer, who's basically just a journeyman backup at this point. Right, And so, like, it feels like it should be, like, same type of Kane's goaltending that we've been accustomed right. to. But it's been so good that yep. we don't treat it, I don't think. Like, like, we don't treat our goaltending like people treat Andre Vasilevsky.
0: No, that you know, we
1: do. We don't treat our goaltending like people treat uh you know Carey Price or who, you know, maybe not even him anymore, but whoever else. Well,
0: I I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, and part of the preview today other than just kind of recapping the season series was I just simply asked the question. I'm not suggesting that Alex Nedeljkovic should be the um the Calder Trophy winner, right? I don't think he has to win the rookie of the year. Um, but if there's going to be a goaltender in the, among the finalists, then Alex Nedeljkovic has kind of been the best rookie goaltender. Now, the to me, the only other, and, and you can use the, the rudimentary statistics, save percentage, goals against mm-hmm. average, record. Uh, and going into, uh, well, it's nine, three, and one. Um, that's in his last 13 starts. I think he's 10, four, and one overall, right? 10, four, and one. Yeah. Nine, three, and three, I think, uh, might be better. It might be, it might be 11. I think it's 11, four, and one, uh, cause he made 16 starts. So he's 11, four, and one in, uh, in those starts, or maybe he's no, it's a uh, 10, four, and two. I'll get, I'll figure it out soon. Uh, 10, four, and two in those starts. Uh, ZRA is 198. Uh save percentage is 939. I mean, wow. That's pretty good. Or 932 or something like that. Like that's pretty spectacular. The to me, the only two goaltenders, then then you get to the let me get to the uh the the advanced metrics. At five on five, uh, it's like actually I have the numbers, uh I have the numbers here because I've made the list. Uh and I it's unfortunate I don't know how to do charts it would have been so much nicer on the preview if I had done the chart right um his, that's at Joe five on five,
1: get, a, get a pointer from Gi
0: I should at five on five according to natural statric goals saved above average 10 point95 that's in 16 starts because it's a cumulative stat so in one one game he might have three gate goals saved above above average. So in 16 starts, it's basically 11 goals saved above average, about three quarters of a goal per game that he's stopping that should otherwise go in expected goals allowed. He's allowed 8.4 fewer fewer goals than are expected based on where the shots are coming from. Uh, And his high danger, save percentage of 884 Um, among the rookies, is second only to Igor Shesterkin of the of the Rangers, who I would give uh, give a nod to, uh, and Kevin Lankanen, but only because Lankanen's played 32 games. He is yeah. Chicago's goaltender. Uh, and there's something to be said for having that burden game in and game out, but his numbers are not better than uh than Ned's. Uh, and Shesterkin's goal uh, numbers are better than Lark Lankanen's, but they're not better than Ned's. Uh, So to me, Ned is right in there, but I don't think anybody's uh, holding their breath to see Nedeljkovic as a finalist for the Calder. Of course, it's going to be Kirill Kaprizov, I think, for Minnesota anyway. Um, I think they'll go with the skater, uh, especially when you're considering that Shesterkin has only played about half the games, and uh, and Ned hasn't even played half the game, so he's not going to get it pl- by playing uh, that. But uh, he's had a really he's had a great great year, and I'm looking forward to seeing him tomorrow night because I'm I'm again I'm pretty sure he's going to play.
1: I mean, I'd be curious to see what Peter's numbers are with those things, and also oh, Ryder's numbers that's...
0: with those things because I mean, numbers that... not good. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> River's numbers are not good with the advanced metrics. Peter's numbers are great with the advanced metrics. Yeah. Either
1: way, isn't that as telling about what they have to deal with night in and night out as it is just their own ability as goaltenders? Like that's where that's where I think the hurricanes aren't, you know, they're not as stingy as we would like for them to be, or we would like to think of them as, or the coach would like for them to be. Right. They're just not.
0: Right. When they're playing their game, they are. And when they're uh, tonight, especially in the first two periods, you know, you know how many high danger chances they had in the third period, Carolina?
1: I'm not sure, but the numbers were pretty even, I feel like.
0: Tampa's, Tampa's second period advantage was noticeable. Um, Carolina had no high danger chances in the third period. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the goal was not a high danger chance. So, um, yeah, it's all right. They got a point. I'm uh, I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for them that they got one point.
1: By the way, if you want to, there's a there's a chart on Natural Stat Trick that define like lays out you know the high danger stuff and the scoring chances stuff, like a glossary really tells you what they go. Yeah.
0: I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I I
1: forget where you find it, but you know, up in the left-hand corner of the website, if you click around in
0: there, you'll find it. All right. I'll do that. Um, well, we might do this again tomorrow. We might, um, we might be back to normal tomorrow. Uh, shouts to Will for hopefully putting the roadcaster back together. Uh, or whatever has to be done to it because it just, went, uh, it just kind of said, no, I'm not recording tonight. Uh, so we did it here. Maybe this was fun. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Uh, Alec Campbell, you did your dishes very quickly. I, I think I had a clock on it. It was like 11 minutes start to finish. You were done with the dishes. Really? That was pretty quick. I have no idea. I mean, I, it up.
1: I didn't have a ton. I just had to, uh, I had to. here's the thing didn't get the dishwasher unloaded. Oh. So it's like, you know, worst. all the other dishes from dinner sort of piled up. Yeah. And, you know, Meredith, she did all the cooking and, you know, it was I had to do my part. And so I just told her when I started the game, I was like, just leave them. I'll get them later. But it also included me having to unload and then reload, you know. So. It can't, Good puck it's never as efficient. <laughs> it's never as efficient when you got to unload first because you could just be putting stuff in there as you go, you know? Absolutely. But, hey, what are you supposed to That's do, fun. man? I came home today. I started working on the Hurricanes. Then I had to leave and go pick Trip up from school. By the way, you he heard his first Boys to Men song ever today. It was uh, Shout out to Mix 101. For that end of the road on the way home from daycare. Wasn't expecting that.
0: Nice. Did
1: and he like that, it? Uh, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I was like, I, I was trying to tell him this was on, this is on uh, dad's campground classics. That I'll, I'll uh, teach him about as we go uh-huh. along. But, uh, you know, then I come home and I, you know, keep working on the hurricanes and when the game starts and I just didn't have time, man. Uh, don't have enough time. Totally understood. Totally so understood. I have to wait.
0: All right, we'll do this again tomorrow, somehow, some way. Alec Campbell at Alec Campbell five on Twitter. I Thank you, sir. Um, and uh, we'll see you more.
1: All right, can't wait for another regular season game tomorrow.
0: <laughs> they they have twelve of those left. Uh, as oh you say goodbye. It is. It's, it's. It's. It. We're. 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 And down the stretch we come. All right, you can go. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna mention the, uh, the commercial one more time. Uh, it's the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. If it's for the exterior of your home, if you need a roof, they got it. If you need windows, oh, they got windows. All sorts of windows. Do you know the difference between a bay and a bow window? Um,
1: no. I feel like I've heard you do this in a commercial. Yes, and I, I should know. know, but I don't know.
0: I don't. I don't. They do at online, aluminumcompany.com. Follow us wherever you get your uh, podcast, morning after podcast, Cane's Corner podcast, whatever we're calling it these days. Uh, Follow us, rate us, review us. Uh, I don't care how many stars you give us. If you're listening to it, you probably like it. Uh, So that's all I've got. Alec, I wish you good night.
1: All right, man. Later.
0: All right, bye.